Good morning, everybody. This is Dr. Z, and welcome to the Z Time Podcast. Today, I want to talk to you all about something that is uh, super interesting and is a little bit, you know, taking into consideration what we said yesterday. Uh, and if you guys were listening to my podcast yesterday, today, you're going to love what we were going to be talking about. Uh, and so, in the past couple of days, I've been breaking down a little bit of, of the nature versus nurture conversation regarding type 2 diabetes and diabetes or obesity. Um, why is that? Because we can kind of trace back and see where all of the issues came from and our evolution in our understanding of diabetes. And so at the beginning, you know, we used to think back in, you know, a couple of hundred years ago, that obesity was a lack of will that all these people just have a lack of will and they cannot uh, get themselves to lose weight right and then came Dr. Stunkard who studied obesity deeply he was probably one of the first researchers to study obesity Uh, he was uh, in the army he was a physician for the army and he was stationed out in Japan and at that time he became very involved with Buddhism and uh, you know that's another conversation for another time but the cool thing about him was that he was pretty compassionate about the people who were struggling with this issue and he wanted to figure out how much of it was the, the, the environment that they were in and how much of it was their genes and so what he did is he took adopted families and he figure out a way to be able to say okay if a baby is or a child is from a biological family that is obese and if we put that child in a family in an adoptive family that is thin what happens if it's environment then what's going to happen is that the kid is going to be thin if it's genes then that kid is going to be obese so guess what happened long behold after the 250 people that he checked what he came out with was that 70% of it was associated with the biological parents and that the adoptive parents had no direct correlations according to his calculations to obesity or thin or being thin so he said in in the conclusion of his studies that it was 70% genetic 70% genetic and so that's interesting because a lot of the authors um, talk about this 70% a lot you know if you read the obesity code by Jason Fung uh, it's a, which is an amazing book, but he talks about that this is 70%, that, 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 that is 70% genetic. And I really think that now we have such a better understanding of what's going on. It's not that it's 70% genetic, um, but there is a missing piece. And that missing piece, you know, you could look at the studies that is done in the Human Exposome Project, which is a project that is gathering the totality of all the human exposures and trying to come up with risk factors depending on the uh, and the human exposures they determined 
that it was only 30% genetic. That means that the genes of somebody can only explain about 30%. So where is that only, Where is that other 40%? If Dr. Stonkart saw in his uh, studies that it, was, uh, that it was 70% and now we're seeing that it's only 30%, what's happening to the rest? Well, there's a big piece of that, and I showed you with you guys in the last podcast that it has to do with not only the genes, but how those genes are turned off or on in each individual and the interaction between those genes and other factors inside that person's body and other factors outside that person's body, which is their exposures. And so inside that person's body, there is interactions with the, with the uh, transcriptome and the proteome, making the whole biome and making metabolites uh, that actually lead to different uh, tendencies to eat more, to gain weight, to eat certain foods. Um, and so the same happens with the bugs in our stomach, our microbiome. And now interestingly enough we know that our genes are only 20,000 to 25,000 right the human genes and what happens is that we can transfer to each other experiences and memories through the genes isn't that amazing and this um, this study was done by Dr. Diaz who is an amazing study who is an amazing scientist and, and, and performed this study to see how mice could actually transfer experiences or traumatic experiences to their offspring, literally changing the offspring's responses and neurobiology to these triggers that would trigger the same traumatic response. So can the same thing happen to us with our gut microbiome? Absolutely, and so studies that are being done in the microbiome are interesting, and one can look at the work of Dr. DeVoe, who actually coined the term microbiological memory. Microbiological memory is the memory that we transfer from, through our offspring of our bugs. And so what happens is that nutrition during pregnancy can be hugely important because in this first um, gestational period what happens is that if the nutrition is not dialed in and is not optimal the baby actually develops an imbalance of their microbiome and this is called dysbiosis and this dysbiosis or the imbalance of the micro, microbes in the baby's stomach and in their blood and in you know all of the microbiome of the body, you know all the different systems, but the gut is the main one, creates these this gen, this genes of these bacteria also creates proteins and these proteins create metabolites and these metabolites go and have interactions with the cells making the cells of our own bodies more prone to eating certain foods 
more prone to certain behaviors and the way that we metabolize uh, sugar is specifically different um, throughout becomes specifically different throughout our lifetimes and so it's really fascinating that we are beginning to piece now what is the missing link what is that 40 percent that the studies the early studies show that it was genetic 70 percent now the early studies show that the genes can only explain for 30 percent so that other 40 percent has to do with the epigenetics with methylation groups in the dna with histones in the dna and in the memories that are passed down in how that DNA is gonna be used. And also in the microbiological memory. So that's where your 40% is at. The cool thing is that we have control over that 40%, somewhat control with long-term optimization of the nutrition one can achieve a change in the microbiome. Short-term actually doesn't do it, uh, as some of the studies that I mentioned in my previous podcast, um, you know, it doesn't do it, the short-term nutritional optimization. But in a long-term nutrition optimization, you start having to, you start changing your microbiome. And so that's what I wanna talk to you guys about today, microbiological memory. Tell me if this is useful, if this is not, let me know. If I'm wrong, let me know. If I'm right, let me know what your thoughts are. Engage with me through all of the social medias uh, and let me know if you want me to do anything else. If you're getting stuck, if you're dealing with a disease, if you just want peak performance in your health, uh, let us know so that we can help you get there. All right, everybody, that is it for today. I hope you guys have a phenomenal day. And remember, Dr. Z here, drive on, drive forward, and take it easy.